Hello and welcome to Conversations at the Well. I'm Caroline and I'm Kim and today we have such a sweet and special guest with us. Shell Rayburn is one of my great friends from high school. She was one of mom's students and um, we're just so excited to hear what the Lord has to say in her today. Um, So if Michelle, you want to introduce yourself to everyone, uh, take it away. Yeah. Hey guys. Um, I'm so honored to be here to be included. Um, and just to be part of this ministry and get to have a conversation today. I'm Michelle as Caroline. I can't call you Kim. You're Miss Pino to me. (laughs) Um, but (laughs) as Caroline said, I go to school at Belmont. I am studying commercial voice, which is not singing for commercials. It is music in the popular realm. And I'm also studying Christian leadership, which is theology degree. And yeah, I am songwriting. I am writing, just doing a lot of things, figuring out what the Lord is going to do with my life. I don't have the answers yet, but that's where I am right now. Mm -hmm. So I know you mentioned about how this semester has looked different from last one Mm -hmm. and just the stillness and the quietness of the semester, um, the slowing down. What do you think in the midst of that has been like a specific way that you've seen God working in you? Dude, there's been so many different things. Um, It's been humbling. Um, You know, one of the biggest ways I've seen God working and that I have, this is, I'm going to be real vulnerable, real honest, like here it is, but I hope that it can be a blessing to people in hearing this. Um, I have learned a lot about my own insecurity and fear and shame. Like those have been things that I've looked at a lot. And you know what I found it out by was not putting out music this semester. This Mm -hmm. has been basically since I was a junior in high school, I always had a side hustle going. Like I was like at school, but I kind of felt like Hannah Montana because I was like, but I'm working on an album on the side. Like I (laughs) feel so cool about it, you know? And then like got to Belmont and released the singles and then like had a lot of stuff happen life-wise and was like wrote a whole album because I just had a lot of feelings to process and then like coming into this um semester like I had a song I wanted to record but then it just fell through my producer who I was going to work with got possibly exposed to COVID just a classic 2020 vibe you know um and it's been interesting because like one of my roommates is working on an album and friends are working on stuff. And I've just found in myself like the fear of falling behind or the fear of my trusting God as the provider. Cause I'm thinking that this person's success, even though like I love them could mean that I don't have any place or that like there's not a seat at the table for me. And I've also just experienced like learning about shame a lot of how I speak to myself, whether I catch myself being fearful, being in a, thinking in a place of scarcity rather than abundance um, or whether it's like I'm going on getting to know multiple guys within Christian circle. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're such a hoe. Like, does that make sense? That's so weird. Yeah. But there's so much shame associated with that, especially coming from TCA or this Christian, which not to bash TCA, there's so many beautiful things about it. But I felt that sometimes in the evangelical small church, 
being a woman, there's so much, I don't know, there was just a pressure to like, if you go on a date with a guy, you should marry him or being a flirt or whatever that means. And I've been looking a lot at that in my own heart and trying to heal and trying to, I don't know, look at myself, how God sees me as a beloved child rather than negative things I've heard other people say, or almost like my perceptions of what the worst that someone else could think of me. So it's been a humbling time, but it's also been a really sweet time. So that's good. And I think that there's some overtones of what we talked about earlier in that, you know, when God kind of strips away that which you feel you realize you put your identity in, you didn't even realize that you had. No, because it was always there. Yeah. Well, and it was a good thing, right? I mean, your music has been something, it's not bad. And it's not bad to have a gifted inness in that because you are gifted. You are a gifted musician. He's God gave you that. And you've worked to help develop that. But he gave you a gift for words. He he did. I read your writing. Your lyrics. You have a gift for the, the language, that gift of poetry that you have and your ability to take those thoughts and translate them into words mm. and, and experiences, that is a gift given from him. But mm. so many times we make an idol out of the gift. Yeah. Instead of using it to show his glory, we use it to create our own. Mm. And that, and that, and that is something though, that our culture applauds, right? We yeah. just, sucked into what are you good at? How can you monetize that? You know, how can you become an influencer, you know, doing that? And there's nothing wrong with sharing those gifts. There's nothing wrong with making money off of the giftedness that God gave you. I'm not bashing any of that, but we have to know what's the motivation of our heart. Are we doing motivated out of giving glory to God? And in his time, he chooses to bless you with fame. He chooses to bless you with money. He chooses to bless you with whatever. If that's not the, the motivation for why you're doing it, then our hearts are in the right place. And you know what? If our hearts are in the right place, then if the accolades don't come, if the money doesn't come, we don't feel crushed mm. because we weren't doing it for that in the first place. Mm. That's something you've had to learn a lot. Oh my gosh. I have to listen. I have to learn Holding over everything over over with the Mostly. open hand. And, and constantly, and it's not just that. I mean, I'm, we're beginning to read the book of Isaiah. I'm, mm-hmm. The Lord has allowed me to have this small mentoring group and Caroline and Claire and three other girls, you know, are a part of it. And the Lord told me at the beginning of this year, you need to read the book of Genesis, the book of Isaiah and the book of John in that order, as long as it takes us to get through it. And then he'll tell me what we were to read after. But we mm-hmm. just started the book of Isaiah. And I read the first two chapters today and my Bible is full of notes. And this is not the first time I've read Isaiah and filled up the margins with notes. I started with a brand new Bible because I didn't want to see what I had already written. Yeah, I get that. What was fresh, you know, Uh, and I'll tend to kind of, oh, concentrate on what he's already revealed to me if I have a note there. So I wanted to read through it first and then I'll go back and see kind of the layering of what God has taught me. But Already, he's just revealed to me the idolatry that I have created in relationships. So, yeah, I had idolatry in what I had created with my job. 
my career. That was the first player he had to scrape away. <laughs> and when I read through Isaiah and other things three years ago, now we're on to just opening my eyes to how I have made relationships and certain relationships in my life idols because I have allowed them to control my emotions. I have given them the power over my emotions. Mm. Well, anything that we give power to, God calls that an idol. It's so easy to do that though. We are constantly having to be on our knees in humility, asking what David asked in Psalm 51, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Mm. Create in me a clean heart. Because once, because that old sin, I'll still be tempted to go back to, even when I recognize it. But it gives us, it gives us the grace of being able to recognize it. So I'm like, oh, no, okay, okay, okay. But then there's the other sin that we don't even realize, but we had to scrape through the first layer before we could get to the next layer. But there's so much freedom when we realize that. Mm-hmm. That burden that we feel carrying that weight of that idolatry that we were never supposed to have, when that's lifted from us, it's like, okay, I can breathe because I thought I had to control that, but I don't. I can truly rest in him and say, I surrender that, I surrender that person, I surrender that relationship to him. So don't beat yourself up over what he's revealing to you because thank God, praise God. Yeah. Because I will say, I feel like a lot of last semester was me pretending I was okay. Like it was a lot of anger, which anger is not an emotion that I think like I feel a lot or like that I, or that like before this year, I guess I would be like, Michelle, an angry person. Like that not, like that wouldn't have been something that I would have thought of myself. But like in the wake of the pandemic and in the wake of really like hard political climate and the wake of coming back to school, having not seen friends for like six months, it was like, who do I trust? I can't trust. And I don't know, there's been less anger and more like, wow, anger was really just a like defense for the fear and a defense for the shame of like, you know, of whether it was like past hurts with relationships or like whether it was like fear of the future and music because it's scary um but yeah I don't know this semester there's been more humility but it's like it's not I don't know just having this conversation I'm like I don't think I would have been able to say this or like honestly be like yeah I could put my identity in music like I think I would have been like no absolutely not but like I think to say that has been so freeing and like I'm still looking for healing and I'm still like reminding myself of like hey Michelle like your identity is in the fact that you're a beloved child of God. Um, and like, that's a good gift that he gave you, but that's not, that's not the creator, you know, that's just part of the creation. So, yeah. So we talked a little bit about your mom. Yes. Big fan. And I know your mom because she was in the trenches with me while you were in <laughs> with my kids. She was my fellow drama mama. She's always had such a generous heart in serving. You know, she was my go-to girl if I needed something done and nobody else was going to say they would do it. I love that I'm like, because we're just talking about my mom. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a blessing to me to get to work, you know, next to her, hanging up crepe paper or whatever it was, you know, that we were doing, setting up Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets or whatever it was we were doing to help serve you. But I loved listening to her talk about you. And I knew 
and just hear you talk about your mom and just watch you, you know, in your interactions and her talking about your brothers too, you know, so, so not just you, but I thought it was sweet to really get to see that you were more than just a mother and, and daughter. Um, and to see how she spoke into your life and, and, and knowing how important she was to you and, and what she was saying and not in a, I just need to please my mom, but in wanting to be able to live like she lived, you know, it, her model to you. So I know that your mom was a mentor to you more than just your mom. Tell yeah. us about that. And then tell us about any other women growing up and even now who have stepped in to be mentors for you. Is that like it? legit tearing up. This is <laughs> a great question. And like, this means a lot to me. Like women supporting women just means a lot to me. Um, and my mom means a lot to me, especially knowing my mom and her mom had a tough relationship. Like my mom was scared to have kids um, just because of her relationship with her mom. So like, I just get emotional thinking about the fact that like she can be a mentor and the fact that we can be friends and the fact that she's such an encouragement to me. And I look up to her so much when I know that the relationship with her mom was not the same. And I just think such an evidence of like the Lord's work in her. But we became actually like where I relied on her and trusted her the most in eighth grade. That's when I would say I became a Christian was eighth grade of just a season of unraveling. Um, honestly, I don't think every anything will be as hard as eighth grade because I didn't know the Lord was with me. And now I know the Lord is with me. So like it might be harder of like harder disappointments or suffering to go through, but it will never be that hard because I know that my identity is the Lord and he is with me and for me. But I don't know. I just think that in that season, I, I learned so much from her and learned so much wisdom from her. And in a season where I didn't trust my peers, I could trust her. And that just carried with me into high school of conversations we had. And then this is another thing I'm really passionate about is just like um, Christianity and romance and relationships. I'm really grateful for the openness that my relationship with my mom that we have of like whether this is so I hope this is a TMI I hope it's just honest um but like whether it was a sex talk or whether it was like talking about relationships with guys like that was never something that was off limits mm -hmm. um and just the safety of that and being able to talk with her about that when I know that so many girls never get to talk to their mom about that or that's like an uncomfy topic and they can't imagine like talking with their parents about that um I'm just incredibly grateful for that so mm -hmm. We became, I guess I would say she became a mentor. She's still my mom. I would hope to say that we're becoming friends, but it's still, you know, it's such a weird transition of like, I'm independent, but I'm also still dependent. And, you know, and there's hard seasons and there's good seasons. My freshman year was hard in our relationship, but it's been cool to see healing come just in us learning more about each other and having conversations of like, oh, I didn't understand that, but I understand that now. Um but other women who've mentored me a lot. Um, Leslie, my voice teacher back home who Caroline and all your kids have, Leslie Bloom, was such a mentor to me. Um, we're very similar personality-wise. She's also a two and three, so I feel like I could walk in and she just understood certain things about me. Um, and she took me in when she didn't really have to. Like, she just heard me and saw me be a student. She was like, okay, like, I want to teach her. And that was so amazing. I really don't think I would be where I am today if I hadn't met her and she hadn't been a part of my life because she heard my songwriting and said, hey, you're good. 
And I don't think I would have gone anywhere if I hadn't had that affirmation or hadn't had someone helping me along and introducing me to people and encouraging me to record um, and follow that dream, I guess. Because it was hard to, it was more like I would privately in my room write and then it became something that I could show other people and that, I know, I think there's something about like art that it needs someone else looking at it and saying that is art that then like makes it art. Yeah. Um, so she's just been a huge mentor to me, whether it was life-wise. I feel like I would go in her room and we would cry, um, whether it was about stuff that I was going through or she was going through. Um, we did learn a lot. I learned a lot of things from her as well of actual music things, but it was just also someone who was older than me who could pour into me and just teach me with her life and be an example of like, I could do music and who knows what it'll look like, like whether I'm in a band or leading worship or teaching, like it's an option and it's a viable, like life-giving option. Honestly, so many people from TCA just spoke into me, but Madame Parr was someone who I still call. Things are going on in my life and she's someone who can speak truth to me. And I will say this is an Enneagram 2 thing, but it's also a me thing. I can just like to pretend that there's nothing wrong with me. I can like to be like, no, like I can like to justify or reframe and be like, no. But for some reason, like the Lord has really given Madame Par a place in my life where she can tell the truth and just be like, hey, that was like a selfish motive. Or like, hey, that was a blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. That was not loving and honoring. And I think that for a lot of people, I would deny that, I guess. But those are some people who've been mentors to me. But I don't know, just people being older than you and taking the time to speak into you is so life-giving. Like even just the fact that you could speak into me just now meant so much. Um, or even just a girl, like the fact that Caroline and I were friends, like, cause you were so cool. And I just wanted to be friends with you and learn so much from you, you know? And then I think it's one of those things of like the branching up and the branching down because then like being loved well, you're like, who can I love well? I remember you, your junior year, coming in and asking me like during lunch or during back or something like that, can, can I use your classroom? And you'd bring in, you'd come in with your guitar and you'd have a younger girl with you a couple of times and you'd be sitting and you'd be kind of teaching them or working through something that you were writing, but you were including them in your session, you know, whatever it was. And I don't think you even realized that you... No, I don't think I did. I don't even think I remember that. On, you know, you were kind of passing on the gift that had been given to you. Uh, and so it does come from that overflow. And one of the things with this ministry, one of the things that is so important and symbolic about the well and Jesus being the living water is that we are to be filled with him to the overflow so that that overflow is that part of him that is shared with others that we come into contact with. And so, of course, we get that filling through the Holy Spirit. We get it through reading the Bible. But we also get it when other believers pour into us. True. And if we're not overflowing. No Jesus can splash on anyone else. Yeah. That, that isn't meant to be kept to ourselves. And I think people err on both extremes in that they're just not paying attention to God and they're running on themselves because they're, they, they have none of him in them or they're keeping it all to themselves. And they're, they're not allowing that to be used for other people. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's God's fruit. You just get to be the vessel. And when it's good, 
we produce our own. Mm. Hard, it's when we produce his. So you've given a lot of good advice just in talking about what God's teaching you, what you've been going through and what is on your heart. But if you could just say one message to women who are younger than you. I would probably want them to read um, Henry Nouwen's Life of the Beloved. That is a book that I think I quote once a day. I just talk about it all the time. And my roommates say it to each other. We say it all the time. Um, where one of us will be like, oh, like, I'm sorry, I was so like, or like, oh, I was so angry, you're stupid today. And like, we'll look at each other and go like, no, you are beloved. Um, and every time that's said, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just think that it's hard to be a woman right now. It's hard to be a man right now. Um, it's just, it's hard to be human just in general. Um, and there's so many issues that I think like our hearts break and our hearts ache, whether that is through achievement, whether that is through relationships, um, whether that is through career. But I just think that that's the cornerstone. The cornerstone is just the identity of like, I am beloved of even like what we just talked about of like being poured into makes you pour out. You know, like if I am wanting to love on my own, that's not going to go well. And, and then like being like, when you know that you're loved, like you can enter into whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's a work or your classes or your friendships, and you're not looking for them to be your God and you're not looking for them to satisfy you. And you can truly just appreciate the good gifts and the blessings that they are um, rather than like wanting to suck the life out of them. Um, so I don't know. I think there's so many things that I, if I, first, if you're just a girl who's younger, um, it's just that you're loved and the Lord is with you and that it's hard and we're all struggling. I don't know. I think I've been told in my life that I can come off as a put together person, but I just would love to talk to anyone who thinks that about me and be like, Hey, let me be honest. I'm really struggling. Or like, let me be honest. Like I can be insecure or fearful or ashamed of myself or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, if you're younger or you're older or whatever you are, just knowing that you're loved, I think is such a game changer. But like deeply knowing, not just brain, but like heart knowledge. And I have to pray for that and work for that and remind myself of that daily. So yeah, I guess that would be the word of advice. Thanks so much for watching or listening to this episode. Right now, our ministry is doing work in both the United States and in Cuba. If you'd like to find out more about our Mercy Ministry or hear stories from our Words from the Well blog, you can visit the link in our show notes. You can also find us on Instagram at Well Women's Ministry for updates on everything we have going on. We hope you have a blessed week and join us next week for our next conversation at the Well. Cause I loved you before, you knew it was love, and I saw it all. Still I chose the cross, and you were the one that I was thinking of when I rose from the grave. Now read. My victory is yours. I